like in high school, it was mainly the Italian kids would call me Vinny. There you go. <laughs> That's what I assumed might yeah. be the case. There's Will with his uh, usual beats leading off and into another episode. Two days in a row? Mm-hmm. Today, I so. we are joined by Vince from Accessorize Me. What up, what up? In studio! In high fidelity, hopefully, if Will can ever figure out this audio stuff. Nah. One day. Impossible. He'll focus more on the intro music. Yeah. Vince, how you doing, man? Can't complain. Doing well. Yeah. Yourself? Uh, yeah, I'm all right. I'm... Uh... Maybe never been better actually. This is this is the peak right here. I think so. Might as well be. Yeah. So uh you've been on YouTube, you're doing stuff. Daily essentials, look at that. <laughs> what's ahead. what's your focus? Uh EDC, everyday carry now. Um mainly tech accessories. Um, that pretty much summers up sums it up. Fidget stuff is a big thing now. Fidget is coming back? Um, it, the fidget that most people know is like fidget spinners, mm -hmm. which was huge, maybe like 2016 or something. Um, but, uh, this fidget stuff is more like collectibles and, uh, any, any interesting one that you would want to highlight? Uh, I'm that, curious about this. The pyramid one is really cool. This one? Um, yeah. So it's, it, this one's more of a desk accessory. Um, I see. Well, there's still spinning going on. This one is still spinning, yes. Yeah, okay. Um, but it's not like the classic tri-circle one that sure. you'd see uh, at the dollar store or something. This is like uh, full brass. It's, it weighs a, a ton. And um, What do you like about this? I like the fact that there's only so many of them in the world. So there is that like collector factor to it. And uh, it's something that you can actually use when you collect. Uh, versus like other collectors who just like to like store it or keep it on display or something. Mm. Um, and fidgeting has that like actual factor of like relieving anxiety if that like if you like that kind of stuff. Um, sure. Yeah, it's tough. Like, collectibles in general are huge right now. Yeah. Right. Whether it's I don't know COVID or just people being at home or whatever whatever it is, but. From uh, Pokemon to mm -hmm. NFTs to sports memorabilia, obviously you just mentioned uh, EDC stuff taking the same. I mean, it's like, what do you think? What do you think about that? What is the what is the essence of collecting? Like, what is the attraction to it in general? Uh, at least for me, I think it's just having something that someone else may not have. Hmm. Um. The exclusivity of it. Exclusivity of it, yeah. Right. Um, I think that goes for like any, like that's why you line up at Supreme or um, try and cop that shoe that Nike exclusively requires you to go through the app or something. Yeah, uh, no, they gotta, they gotta definitely create the scarcity. Yeah. But I suppose it's, there's still such a variety of things that are scarce mm -hmm. that you can choose to be into. I mean, you mentioned Supreme. Uh, you're not a collector of such things, are you? I actually recently started to buy a few things. Oh, really? But in the EDC realm. So they have this lighter case that literally just 
It's like a metal shell for a Bic lighter. Mm-hmm. That says Supreme on it. What's that going to cost? Uh, I paid like 100 Canadian for it. <laughs> I was like, I was at the store downtown. I think it was OD Toronto or whatever. They sell like Supreme stuff. And I looked at it. I'm like, I don't know. I think there, you get to a point in your life, at least for me, it was like, okay, well, maybe I have the, the that one right there with the chain. Um, this one? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. um, I was like, yeah. I don't know if it's treating myself or if it's like, because I don't smoke either. <laughs> so <laughs> I got it. Is this, is this like a cheap way into Supreme? I think so, for me at least. Um, it was something that's like, again, I could actually use. And um, I think whenever I buy something, at least, I, I think about how can I fit it into a video. Mm. Um, so Supreme, this one was like, okay, I could do either a red theme. I could do um, a whole Supreme theme. Um, yeah, it's they, it's weird how that happens. One when the thing becomes the profession, and then it becomes the justification. Yeah, and then you wonder if you ever would have done such things if it weren't for having the project in the background that acted as that justification. I I definitely would have not. Like if I did, if I couldn't justify it as a video, I wouldn't have bought it. Right. Like it just doesn't make sense for me. Like I'm not into hype beast as I think it's called. Um, but I know that people are. So it justifies the fact that, oh, I can make a video out of this. Yeah. You get into this general interest stuff of, well, hey, people are into it. So why yeah. don't I take a peek at it? Because yeah. now I can make a video about it. And it's, uh, but then you influence other people to go do the same thing. And it's this very bizarre yep. relationship that goes on there. I watched a few of your videos. You have a certain style to them. How would you describe this style? Uh, I would say uh, destructive. Whoa. Pretty much sums it up. Whoa. Yeah. It's intimidating. And I think uh, it's either you like it or you don't like it. Hmm. So it, a, a big trend in the comments is, oh, stop treating your iPhone that way. Oh. Which for me is like, why? It's a phone. Mm. You know, it's like if it breaks, it breaks. And I think my job as the video creator is, is to show you that if it does break. Hmm. So how do you treat your iPhone? On, in the videos, I, I drop it. I, I throw it around and um, I, I, I would treat it as like, if this were to happen, this is what would happen. Okay. So I drop it on the floor, I drop it on tables, and I throw things around, I scratch things. Would you consider it scientific? Um, I call it a scientific test, um, but no, there's no scientific. Like, it, like the the thing with drops, and I think what a lot of viewers, um, I don't want to say don't understand, but like kind of forget, is the possibilities of a drop is is so endless, where it's like if your floor isn't completely flat, there's no way you can re replicate the same drop. If there's like a single pebble on the floor that could make, no matter how good a case is or whatever it is, your, your phone's going to crack. Mm. No matter what. Yeah. No matter what. I, I, hear, I hear where you're going. So you're essentially saying these drop tests and such not super useful in reality because the number of variables and what's not being represented in the video and then the potential that you're going to encounter some of those variables is also high mm -hmm. because I, I've been fairly fortunate with my devices. I don't think I've 
broken very many of them and it's not because of constantly using cases and it's certainly not because of using robust cases it's maybe you could call them lucky drops or very like small drops yeah things like this but i'm i'm i've seen other people break their phones on dumb looking drops it would just like slide out of the pocket yeah. and travel no distance and then they're like what about my ceramic shield yeah and you can't there's not much you can say about it it's just whatever it happens to be the way that it hit yeah and i think when it comes to protection of of, of a phone at least screen protectors are way more important than a case mm. protect um, the front yeah that's what you interact with the, the the biggest part you interact with and the part that most um no case will cover right and that's the like if your back cracks whatever like it doesn't look good but your phone is still usable because your screen right is intact you like you do you go for like the glass style screen protector or do you use the soft ones? I like the soft ones um, personally. I just can't. I just don't like that feel. It's a different. It's definitely yeah. a different feel. But the, like it, for me, the idea of like if I'm, if I'm going to cover my phone, like I may as well do it because I want it to be productive. Mm -hmm. Whereas glass is known to look great and feel great, um, but in the end, it's. Glass. glass on top of glass. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, I'm, it, it can you can break in many cases the screen protector and not the screen though. It will take the majority of the force. I yeah. suppose you could probably break both. I've never done that. I, I've never done that either. Right. Um, but I know with the soft ones, the more plasticky, flexible ones. Like if it were to ever encounter like a drop or something, it's much less likely it'll crack. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. So I can reuse it. You know, you can yeah. hit it with a hammer. Like yeah, I've done, exactly. I've, I've done and looked at both, and I think the soft ones have the more impressive demonstration, mm -hmm. but the hard ones, the glass ones, are more pleasing to interact with. Yeah. And so that's your trade. It's that's what the trade-off is you want. In the yeah. End, yeah. And, and, so, and often when you see the hard-style screen protectors, because we sell them with later case, like we, we have a – you sell them in a two-pack. Mm -hmm. So then it's like, ah, one of I screw up one of them, yeah. and then I got this other one that I can reapply. It's not perfect. Mm -hmm. then, you know, there's no uh, op, there's no perfect solution. Each one, like you said, has its uh, benefits and drawbacks. So then, when on your phone itself, like how much protection are you are you having on there? On a typical, obviously, you have to change all the time because yeah, it's your channel. But what is your optimal? What's your loadout? Uh, uh, as a daily driver, like my my general is a pop socket. Um, this one's a D brand case. A the, pop socket on a tiny phone. Yes, <laughs> that is a little strange. I just love the I just love the idea of having grip. Right. Um. And that's why I, I I personally love the D brand case just because it feels good in the hand. Um. It's not the slimmest case. Right. Um. By no means. Um. But it's one where it's like I I know when I'm holding it. I'm holding it. Right. Um, and then the pop socket, I'm just so used to having it. Mm. And all my mounts, like my car mount, uses a pop socket. Right. Um, and with the MagSafe one, nowadays you can just take it off um, and pop it back on. It's funny because I, m my impression of the pop socket is it would be most useful on devices, like huge devices. Yeah. Because they're heavy and I don't know, just less comfortable to find a nice hold on. Yeah, that phone, the that's the mini phone, right? Yeah, it's the thirteen mini. Yeah, the mini phone is so easy to hold. Yeah, but there's still that like freedom when you hold a pop socket like this, and you don't need to wrap your fingers around. Right. 
Um, so it's like, and then you have full reach of everything, and it, it's just like carefree. I, is the way I put it. Mm. Where it's like, I'm not worried about like, okay, I need to make sure I'm holding this. Yeah, it's just like, I, I just make sure I do it and do whatever. And then. Cool. That's. So, how did you make the decision on the mini? Uh, I had the 12 Pro last year. Yeah. Um, I tried the 12 mini for a while. I just, um, at the time, I was like, eh. Um, but after using the 12 Pro for about a year, I just like holding smaller things just because it's, again, Hmm. Like the phone to me is is a tool. It's less more like I, I consume on it, but more so I just check stuff on it. Mm-hmm. So if I can take up less space in my pockets or you know have to worry less about dropping something, then whatever. Like I have the 13 Pro as well, but that I have exclusively for content. I see. Yeah. So that that one stays like packed off somewhere else. Yeah, like that's the one I throw around and and stuff. Like if it breaks, it breaks. Um, whatever. I mean, which is a very privileged thing to say i think but <laughs> right yeah careful yeah uh so so you've been ios ex- on ios exclusive do you ever mess around with android stuff or no i think the the only android device i've bought recently is the fold 3 oh okay um otherwise i've done android videos like i've done best accessories for samsung the s20 and stuff and the s10 as well um but the fold 3 i bought for myself because it was like, okay, if I'm going to get into Android, I want to have that extra reason to get into Android. And Fold 3 was like, okay, this is basically a tablet in your pocket mm-hmm. kind of thing, like, like you're using it yourself. Um, well, I mean, this one is so uh, different. I mean, yeah. it's, just, it's just exclusively it. And in a way, it feels, I almost feel a responsibility to live with it, like as my everyday phone. Yeah. In order to, there's just so much parity across phones. Like it, it's just it's such a subtle difference. Like even the way you talk about using the mini, it's like I don't know. It's yeah. a little smaller, and phones are good, right? They're all they're all good. And I will f- flip back and forth from uh, different flagship devices for the most part, whether it be a Samsung or a Pixel or a, an iPhone, and and you would have this. Uh, you would have this experience that met your expectation exactly. It wouldn't, there would be no surprise, very little novelty. Yeah. Oh, this feature's so cool, you know, for five minutes or exactly. it's, even now I'm hearing people finally got the 120 on the pro models and they're kind of not as enthusiastic about it yeah. as prior to having it. Like, yeah, all right, I see yeah. it, you know. I think that's the same with like the cameras as well. Especially when you're when you're just like um, you're not doing anything professional with it, and they try and sell the whole cinematic thing, mm-hmm. it's like, are you like there are several tests of the cinematic where it's like just to edit it or just to deal with that con- that kind of content? A regular person, I think, wouldn't want to deal with that. <laughs> you know, it's like so. Is that really a selling point for a lot of people? Well, in that case, maybe a regular person wouldn't want to deal with that or do that, but doesn't mind the idea of being capable of doing it. It's weird thing about marketing, right? You yeah. can buy some Jordan shoes and you're not ever imagining dunking a basketball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you, there's something about being associated or affiliated with a brand or feature that seems almost above the way in which you would use something or like driving a car that can go way faster than any car should possibly go. Mm-hmm. 
and never actually go that speed. And then where, are you, where, are you, where are you about to drive it? I mean, yeah. they, you can go to the track. You can do it. You know, you, on a weekend or something, mm-hmm. you can take out a fast car and drive it actually fast. But for the most part, yeah, it's co- constantly sitting there, being used. And man, you and I, we could probably live life on smartphones from three years ago, four years ago. Yeah, probably live life. We're probably still alive. <laughs> If it wouldn't, it, it, you try to think of the actual impact uh, that these uh, latest releases have on you. And I'm going to be honest now, take it for what it is because I change phones all the time and I'm sure you do too. But from from one model to the next, you almost for, I, I almost forget what I was, with the exception of this fold, which mm-hmm. is why I stick to it because I'm like, okay, that's something different. But phones have been good now, good now for three, four years at least. Maybe maybe battery life has improved a little bit. How's the battery life on that that new Mini? I heard it was um, better. A little better. And actually, that's why I stopped using the 12 Mini. It just, I think for many, it just stopped, it just wouldn't last you today. Right. And just like, it was okay last year because no one was going outside um, and doing much. But if you were, like you'd last maybe half a day and you'd have to charge up. And that's why I think I, I stopped using that one. But this one, so far, I, I've only had it for like a week. But um it is improved. It'll last me a day. That's cool. I mean, yeah. That's mostly what you need. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to charge every night anyways. It doesn't really matter to me. When it comes to charging, what's your charge routine? Are you doing wired, wireless? What type of power brick? What's going usually, on here? Usually wired and um, I don't know what power brick it is. It's just like four USB hub, USB-C hub, and like two of them are 100 watt outputs. And one of them I have the lightning cable plugged into it. Which doesn't make any sense because iPhones can only charge at like twenty watts, twenty watts or something. Yeah. Um, but I know it's going to charge the fastest that way, right. and um, I just charge it in, plug it in, like maybe around in the evening, not even overnight. Hmm. Like when I'm editing or doing something on the computer, I'll just plug it in just because it's there. Interesting. Um, and I don't have it charged on my bedside because, at least recently, I've been trying to like not bring my phone. Oh, to bed with me. look at this. Yeah, like the whole like. Look where we've Better come, lifestyle. Where we found ourselves. Yeah. And it, you know what? It's worked. It's it's done great things. Whereas like I'm sleeping better. Mm. Um, I sleep faster. Mm. I have less like. I don't want to say anxiety, but like, you know, I don't. Look, you can say it. I'm not turning around and like, oh, okay, I'm going to check my phone. Or I wonder if I got an email. I wonder like if someone texts me at night, they can wait till the morning. Kind of thing. Um, and then I have my alarm set on it so that because it's in the other room, I have to get up and turn it off. So the old classic way of like putting your alarm clock somewhere else then to just hit snooze and go back to sleep kind of thing. Um, and that's worked really well too. Just to get me out of bed, whether that keeps me out of bed is another question, but it's usually that first step, right? You know, getting out of bed. Is-, is, this one, is this in some way related to other aspects of your lifestyle i presume you're your own boss right yes i sleep really late so and i wake up really late um so i needed to find a way to like make sure i actually get up Mm. at like a reasonable time what's really late as far as the wake up what are you um on a good day i wake up at like 3 p.m no 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 this is not good. It's definitely not good. But I sleep at like 6 or 7 a.m. on the regular, which is also not good. I, it, it, 
it's the lifestyle that just happened over COVID, and I, I don't like it. I don't want it. I'd like to change it. It's mm. easier said than done, though. So you should be sleeping by now, like right now. <laughs> no, it's noon. Yes. Right? Yeah, I had to get up really early for this. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know what's tough for me on that one? I, I had some weird habits throughout my life when I was younger. Mm -hmm. What's your age? If you do mind saying, uh, I'm turning thirty like next week. Okay. So when I was a lot younger, I used to have similar habits. I would yeah. try to like, for some reason, push into the evening, mm -hmm. and and I don't know, try, what, I don't know what you're trying to prove. I don't know what, what the motivation was. My lifestyle personally has changed a ton, and therefore, in many ways, it's sort of dictated the schedule. But mm -hmm. I still, I think a lot of people struggle with me meeting whatever their optimal criteria is for when to go to bed or whatever it is. You're getting, it's the same number of hours. You're just shifting it in one direction. It seems simple, right? Yeah. So what is the struggle then? I, the struggle for me is I, I like to be awake at night because nobody else is, which means I can work worry-free hmm. in a sense where it's like I'm not worrying about, oh, if my girlfriend texts me or if someone wants them to do something uh, and text me a go out or something. Um, or if an email comes in, I have to, you know, somehow respond to it. Um, from 12 a.m. to 6 a.m., I don't literally never think about that. So that's when I edit and work, and sometimes I play games and stuff. But it's you know, it's like a worry-free time. Um, but the downside of that is I wake up when uh, everyone else has already processed their whole day, basically. <laughs> 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 and then I'm all refreshed and they're all like, oh, I don't want to do anything. So, right. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. then you the cycle of, okay, then I'm never going outside. Today's episode is sponsored by Purple. You may have heard of Purple mattresses. There's even a Purple pillow. Purple Harmony pillow. There's a lot of things that are trying to interfere with and disrupt your sleep. I don't know if you knew that well. Mm. It could be uh, the warm temperatures because, you know, you need to have that cool, cool sleeping style. Oh, yeah. You can't be waking up all hot and bothered. No, no. You wouldn't want to do that. It could also be Otis in your house. He could be, I don't know, chirping, barking. Yes, a troublemaker. Who knows? Anyway, Purple doesn't want any of that to get in your way. Purple mattresses have the grid, a unique ventilated design allowing air to flow through to help you sleep cool. The grid is amazingly supportive for your back and legs and cushioning your shoulders neck and hips no matter how you sleep i'm usually on the side i sleep on the side what are you doing i'm a side sleeper you're going well. to side as well yeah. memory foam remembers everything and unlike that the grid bounces back as you move and shift so you never get that i'm stuck feeling you might have inside of the memory foam now will you actually gave this one you gave this a go this particular Hello. Did you notice a little more breathability? It kept my head cool. You had a cool head. Cooler, on the side, on one side. Cooler heads prevailed. Purple is comfort reinvented. Right now, you get 10% off any order in, of $200 or more. Go to purple.com slash later. Use the promo code later. That's purple.com slash later. Promo code later for 10% off any order of $200 or more. That's purple.com slash later Promo code later Terms do apply. Thank you to Purple for sponsoring the show. 
Today, we're also sponsored by Calm. And I just, this is uh, my, maybe my favorite name of any of our sponsors, Calm. Calm.com. Saying the word makes you feel calm. But today, it's all about bringing calm to your workplace if you're in charge of such things. Because a workplace can be hectic and stressful and so forth. And you can actually provide calm to people in the workplace so they can be encouraged to figure out how to chill out, uh, how to relax, how to find that inner calm. You can give employees free access and a full content library offering accessible, effective content to meet the needs of a diverse workforce. Access ever-growing content library from from any device, anytime. It could be uh, inspirational, mind-training, masterclass stuff. I saw LeBron James on the website. Mm-hmm. Get a little quick pep talk from LeBron on your way to work. Got a big meeting and presentation and such. Do that, Will. Business leaders know that healthy, happy employees create successful companies no matter what industry. Calm for Business can help your employees be their best selves at work. Burnout is in every other business management article these days. But what are you actually doing to help your employees fight it? With Calm for Business, you can take a forceful step in improving your employees' mental health at work. You can kickstart this mental well-being by using Calm. Uh, They have programs tailored for mental health and productivity and a mindfulness at work series. Millions of employees at over 600 companies like uh, Lincoln, Iterable, and Universal Studios use Calm for Business. Right now, Calm for Business is offering a one-year subscription for HR and benefit leaders when you go to calm.com slash lulater. That's C-A-L-M dot com slash lulater. A free year. One free year, Will. Mm. So go ahead and experience what Calm can do for your company. Get started today at calm.com slash Lulater. Thank you to Calm. I hear I hear that. I hear what you're saying. I used to I used to mess with music a lot, do music, and and there's something about the idea of the rest of the world, or at least your immediate world, yeah, being long asleep. It's like some sort of psychological load, even if because my phone's on do not disturb fairly frequently anyway mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if it's midnight or not if uh, if i can remember i'm putting a do not disturb because of the same reason you're saying is it can really sidetrack you when you're trying to maintain your focus is so many distractions now yeah and and i think we're all fairly cognizant i think everybody has their own moves for how to deal with that mm-hmm. um, for me i think i substituted some of the the going to bed late stuff for just not responding to my phone, not really allowing it to even yeah, d- disrupt, just turning off crazy number of notifications. But then again, it's also, I think you get into that mindset when, for me, when, when I first started down this career, it was all of a sudden f- notifications from social media and stuff like that didn't make any sense. Cause it was the load of it was mm-hmm. too, it was like, Oh, Oh, you got to manage. I feel like I got a crash course in it dating back to first video that took off and I had emails turned on for subscribers. It's like, oh, right. <laughs> we got to turn all this off. Yeah. We got to turn everything off or we're never going to get anything done. Yeah. And so it, it kind of led me down this path of uh, hi- hyper editing of what can actually ping me. And there's that slim set of things that can actually yeah. turn a phone on at this point. Yeah, and that, I think that's the whole iOS 15, like the new focus mode or whatever. Right. 
Um, oh, you definitely myself, yourself, not the only one struggling with such yeah. things. Yeah. It's uh, there's got to be a demand. Yeah. For that, there's that. Yeah, it's like you get you're you're in the zone, and then suddenly you get a tweet, and it takes another hour to get back into that zone. Mm-hmm. You know, and and at midnight, I don't have to deal with that. That's just yeah. Are you a coffee drinker? Yeah, I drink like two a day. Okay, and it's not, and it's not great when you're drinking at three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're then right. another at like eight. Yeah, you're set, you're setting up the you're setting up the uh, yeah, trend. There. The whole cycle just you know it feeds itself. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, your uh, as far as your channel goes, you think that we can bring up a video here that is the best representation of what you're trying to do. Which one comes to mind here? We've got the this whole right the whole thing <laughs> of uh, no no no. Will always does that, embarrass people. You don't have to do that, Will. It's rude. Every the roots, sing- man. Every single time you click on one of those videos, I see the person squirm over there <laughs> and then use the word cringe and then they're very uncomfortable. Okay. It, it, it yeah, it definitely is cringy, but it's it's Oh, unless you want. Do you want to go back to the beginning? I think for the first like three years it was it was pretty much the same type of content. So I don't um, so the answer is no. I was right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't love talking about it, but it definitely. Uh, um, I don't hate it, but you know, the the whole destructive thing has always been there, though. So the theme, yeah, like throwing stuff around and just kind of not caring. Wow! <laughs> look at this. Okay, so you you you've tempted Will into playing back. Actually, I think I may have looked at. A product from this company at one time. Is this made out of wood? This Carved, case? Yeah. 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 I think their thing is like the backside is like natural a, wood and a piece a, of real wood. Yeah. Is that the case? Oh, no, no. So I was like, I was probably doing a comparison or something oh. saying, well, that's real wood and same type of stuff. Um, I'm guessing this is not most representative of what you're trying to do. Uh, probably not this anymore. Right. Um, what, yeah. what, what can we go to? Uh, last like. Two years of content has changed quite a bit. So, <laughs> yeah. So nowadays I do like back to uh, uh, EDC content uh, and accessory like roundups and stuff like that. Which, best, one, which um, one is the best? Probably best accessories, that orange one on the bottom left. Oh, here we, I like that you knew right away. I like yeah. this. Okay, okay. Let's get some volume here, Will. Like this. Oh, so into the into the magnets. Yeah. So I tossed my let's phone start there. Off with one of my favorite finds and new battery that I stumbled upon. Yeah, you heard that right. This is the Rolling Square Towel, a battery that's packed inside this Tic Tac size container. It's fairly light and made of plastic, but it's is this real time or is it sped up at all? It. But what uh, makes it one of my new favorite a lot of the parts are sped up. Are these a built-in USB-C cable on one side and a combo lightning and micro USB on the other? Plus, I really appreciate they use this thick rubber cable too, so it's not something I have to worry about tearing and pause it for a, a second, Will. So. This is all voiceover? Yes. Okay, so the, you, all you have to focus on is filming the visual that you want. Yes. At this point. Yeah. And then you, you know that you're going to put the details in the voiceover at a later, later point. Yeah. So I, I, from speaking with other creators, I, I film almost backwards. Like I do all the shots first. Uh, and shots for me, for I guess what other people consider B-roll, because I'm not in any of the shots mm-hmm. other than the intro and the end. Um, well, you so, weren't always in the intro though, right? Uh, or have you always been? At I've the, always been in the intro, okay. at the very least. 
um, and the end part where I, you know, say the usual subscribe stuff. Um, but the chunk of the the content is usually tabletop. Right. And it's all product focused. Um, the goal was like, if you were to watch it on mute, you'd know exactly what's happening or you can imagine what I'm trying to say. Right. So the actions, every action I do has an intent. Um, and uh, That's cool. I mean, because show versus tell. You can get, man, once you get your face on camera, yeah, you can just start talking. Yeah. And, and particularly like in my case, it's always a struggle because it's kind of for a long time was like, uh, point the camera. You see, we have, there's many people working here, but it would still kind of function in a similar way to how it had always functioned. Point the camera, talk, and then we'll find a video inside of there somewhere. Yeah. And that's, I mean, sometimes it happens. Other times it doesn't. And, but there's not a whole lot of planning that goes into it. Sometimes you put a small amount of planning and you can have much different results, results you might like better. And in your, in your, in your case, I think there's a sort of conciseness to it, which is nice. It feels uh, like an efficient use of your time to watch it. Things are moving very rapidly. Yeah. And increasingly that's important. I, that, and that's been the goal, like, throughout the whole channel was like I'm asking for three four minutes of your time at least back then I want to make sure it all counts mm -hmm. you know like so I do all the visuals first so at least for me I think when you're watching a video you want to see things happen um, and then the audio and what you see hear me talking about is just complementary to what you're seeing right um, so I, I you know I, I make sure I hit all the talking points visually and then later on once I've like done a first draft of the edit and all the speed ups and all the ramps um, and all the cuts um, I'll script to what I'm looking at on screen okay and then read the script and then voice over the script and then make sure it all aligns interesting yeah. yeah I did I I had a similar model to making videos at one point in time uh, when my studio was a closet <laughs> and it's sort of almost uh, a reaction to some of the limitations and boundaries of the actual physical space mm. And I would do the voiceover after, but not what, but never with a script. Just, just kind of just watch it and almost narrate it, like a yeah, uh, off the top. But things have changed on YouTube. Got to bring your A game now, mm -hmm. right? It ain't, ain't, ain't no easy, ain't no easy views out there. Yeah, and and I tried, I tried the whole A roll talking head. Okay, um, like I, I did a mail time series where it was just. Like, the idea was I, I was receiving so many products to, like, try and test out, which I'm sure you're very familiar with. And I no, just... never. I, I felt bad with, you know, all the stuff that people were sending me, but I never had a chance to feature them because the videos are so curated or, um, it just, you know, it just didn't fit in the theme. So I'm like, okay, I'll do the mail time where I'll just open it on camera and talk about it. And it was just me A-rolling and speaking as I go. Um, and I found that it worked great for my current audience. Like, people who already knew me and they wanted to you know, know about what I was getting, but it didn't work to grow my channel. Mm -hmm. And I think it was actually hindering my performance because I was doing such long videos in just 20 minute video um, because there's so many products packed into one um, that YouTube just wasn't promoting these videos anymore to a new audience. Although my current audience was watching it, I wasn't getting any growth from it. 
Yeah. Um, and from a business perspective, it just, like the series just didn't work for me. That's the toughest uh, challenge. I, I th- one of the toughest challenges is this idea of satisfying the group of people who are enthusiastic about your channel and 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 they're probably the most vocal as well in many cases mm-hmm. and there's a sense of responsibility there that those people are out there they're really appreciating what you're working on but that in some way the thing you're doing that they really appreciate might not be the best for you for you overall or as a plan or program for the future yeah and so that's such a fine that's a hard line to walk is yeah how to balance those two groups, the people who aren't there yet and the people who are. Yeah. And as I, as you move through this experience, you realize that sometimes it's impossible. Yeah. You have to, even this show, uh, we just published one of these shows today and people are saying, where's the old show where you're just talking about the news and yeah. whatever else? Where do I find that? I used to have such a routine. And you're sitting there saying, well, if you can, if you could find a, a, a number of other people to do the same, maybe it would work out. Mm-hmm. If you get out there, I don't know what you're going to do, promote, or get out in the street and promote this show. And then we can continue to do it all the time because it's, there's only so much time in the day. There's only so many projects. There's no, you got all these channels. I mean, you even said you have so many products showing up. Some of them you just push to the side. Yeah even though it might be really interesting to somebody. It, you, you are really limited by that time resource. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's it's just a matter of like, it, it's it's caring to your current audience, caring to the audience that could be, and it's caring to YouTube. Sure, which the, the, YouTube is the interface between both things. Yeah. And the algorithm is just, it's how it decides, like it sees that your current audience is watching. And so... Where are you at right now in your YouTube, in your love-hate relationship with YouTube? Um, I'm at that, like, point where I need to uh, scale in terms of people. Okay. Um, so I need to build a team out. And, like, I'm at a point where I'm getting so many sponsors, I don't have enough time to fulfill them all, mm. which is great, but also not great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was talking to Will, it's just building a team is a whole like job in itself almost it's totally separate yeah build a good team is a different skill set than yep. than working alone and it's something i don't think like i'm very good at like so that, that that's even harder for me because you know i i think I, I i love content i love creating content the business side of things while it makes me money and i love making money like i'm not very good at like seeing the bigger picture there or you know um Managing money in general, I think I'm not like I don't I'm not like spending all my money everywhere, but I'm also like not using it wisely, you know. <laughs> so you're talking about the supreme uh, lighter holder. It could be that, uh, but it's more like you know, I, like I need to start spending money on people, okay, to get my time back. Mm. Um, and how do I do that s- smartly? I guess is that the word? But you know, like because I could hire someone, and there's that trust factor of letting someone into your world that's so secret to everyone else. And if that doesn't work out, okay, well, I got to make sure that they're not going to suddenly go out and start, you know, spewing all these secrets that I've given to them in this mm-hmm. time that I've tried to train them. What type of secrets you got? It's not, I mean, it's not even just secrets, but it's like, you know, it's, it, there's a lot of back-end things that you just don't want the public to know about, you know? And well, not like 
You're just talking about day-to-day YouTube stuff. Yeah. I, I think that that's less so now than ever before. People know what's going on on YouTube. All, all, the, all these people posting videos all the time. There's got to be some reason for it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe there's, a, there's a granularity that people aren't aware of, but increasingly, I would say, the public awareness around the business aspects of YouTube are more obvious than they have been in the past. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's just, it's it's like something that like you've built and managed your whole life and something you're letting someone else take control of that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think that's widely applicable. I think that applies in many businesses. Yeah. Where it's your baby. It's like this this thing that... Yeah. And this, then th- that's why I'm saying I'm struggling to like, you know, on the business side at least... How do I let that go? Or how, do, how does someone let that go? Some never do. Yeah. Some just keep I've it. never experienced that. Yeah, some keep it exactly what it is. Uh, and then others make mistakes. And then some go and do it and then go back to the way things were because mm-hmm. the essence of the motivation, like the reason for doing it in the first place is no longer there once it becomes too business-oriented. It depends on the individual yeah. and which part of the process they truly enjoy. See, the thing is, like you said, uh, business in many cases hold different skill set and some people are motivated or interested mm. in it in a similar way to the way you may be interested in editing a video and others might look at that as just a nuisance yeah. as as a kind of an extra piece that um, a necessity but but also not all that exciting I think it's about if you if you're and you didn't even ask me this, but I, I suppose this is the way these conversations go because I, I I have kind of been through it. Yeah, is you're attempting to find help in the places where you might be, where your skill set doesn't reside exclusively. Yes, that you would offload yeah. those tasks first, and then hmm, keep hands on with the things that you deem important or or that you deem uh, enjoyable for yourself and that's a thing you can do you're mm-hmm. in control you yeah. can look for help in 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 the places where you're bogged down where are you bogged down right now right now it's it, it's actually in the space that i like doing which is curating like hmm. finding products to fit a theme i love doing it but it takes up most of my time just finding cool items. Yes. Will that, used to do that for a bit. He used to describe himself as that. Yeah. The struggle is real. It, yeah. Because it has to be different. It has to be cool. <laughs> it has to be interesting. And it has to like not act like suck in real life. Because it could be marketed as really cool. But like when you get it in hand and suddenly it's like complete garbage. I can't promote that and nor do I want to. Like a lot of Kickstarters and stuff like that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's like it's it's hard to find cool products now because they are Kickstarters, but they need to be the the third iteration of it yeah. to finally be something where it's like okay, I'm willing to promote this and not have any you know um, commenters come back and say I bought this and it's complete garbage. What are you doing? <laughs> you know, like or they send you the one working model yeah, and then ship exactly. out the yeah. yeah. It's in, increasingly now because people are doing all their research and shopping online and they're basing, the, in some cases, very strong opinions on just a video, a piece of video content, a few minutes of video. Yeah. 
think about a video, video is a very limited representation about interacting with a thing. Mm -hmm. we, we all use these, have to use these weird terms like, oh, it feels good in the hand. Yep. Like I, yeah. they, you said that earlier, like, well, what the hell? Yeah. And, they, and then they have to go based on what we're saying and, or it's a, you're lacking so much information there about the actual experience of having bought the thing, but you're feeling as though you know it. So disappointment must happen on a fairly frequent basis for people who see something in a video and then receive it and it's not what they expect. Yeah. But that's, I guess that's just a consequence of uh, the current way in which we interact with products. Yeah. And, and at least for me, that that's the goal of like how I film, which is like scratching things and, and like throwing things around is like, you can, although I say it, like you can, you can also hear it and see it happen. And while it's not like, again, like there's so many scenarios that can happen where like, for instance, the drop test, um, at least you, you, you get some sort of example, instead of looking at a photo of it, you can see it in action. Mm -hmm. Um, and it feels more realistic. I would hope that it like, they, they take something more out of it. Um, I think one of the biggest things that irks me with reviews or people who call it a review is when they say, Oh, like, let's say for instance, a, uh, a tough phone case and they'll say i i think it's i think it'll protect my phone but i mean as your job as the reviewer it's like <laughs> am i asking like i want to know you know it's like there's so many people like aren't are afraid to throw their phone yeah but as the review i think it, that's your job if you're going to call it a review at if least. you're going to call it a review yeah. i think that's a key component in there and that's where a lot of Maybe, I mean, I had a, a similar version of this conversation yesterday with uh, Matthew Moniz about how it's, it's really hard to put yourself in the shoes of each individual viewer and imagine what it is that matters to them and how to give them good <laughs> advice. Because yeah. we have to craft a piece of content that thousands, if not millions of people are going to see. And each one of them has a specific set of needs. So the idea of generally saying something is better is so hard yeah, and nearly impossible because it's better for who on what day, given what attributes and what yeah. inputs. And it's just, it's, it's, re it's really difficult. You're right in a sense that if somebody wants to know if they can drop something, probably some of the best evidence they can get is to see a thing dropping. Yeah. As far as the limitations of, of what the job entails, but arguably the better piece of information would be over time. Yes, 100%. And that's where things get squirrely. Yes, mainly because by the time you've tested it long enough, it's no longer relevant. Exactly. And so it doesn't make sense for us to, yeah. We can't talk about stuff that we've lived with for uh, eight months because it wouldn't make sense from a business perspective, you see mm -hmm. how the multi-headed monster shows up again. Yeah. It wouldn't make sense from a business perspective to put that information out there. And also, when the enthusiasm dips, people wouldn't even care as much themselves as the question initially. What they really mm -hmm. want is an impossibility. They want to review the day that they can buy something from a person who's used it for a year. But the thing just came out. Yeah. That thing doesn't exist. So what you end up with is a bunch of people trying to rapidly tell you what to do, even though the item is so fresh that nobody really 
can give you that comprehensive thing yet. Like when people, people, people be asking, Hey man, what do you think about uh, that barbecue in your backyard? And more often than not, the way I'm going to uh, uh, speak to them is in the context of time. I would say, well, it was great for this long, but then a burner went and then yeah. this thing, it's like in the old days when people, I only drive a Ford truck, never had a problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's based on your experience with a thing, maybe over the course of a life, yeah. of an entire life. And even then it's like, that's based on how I treated it and how I worked with it for the last eight months and it may not be applicable to you. And so it's, and there's that whole trend on YouTube with 48 hours later, six months later, one month later. And it's like, I think it's going to be the same. I think. <laughs> for phones, at least, I think. It's, uh, at least for phones nowadays. Right. It's like, they're all. No, it would have to be a longer term. Yeah. Because if you're, you go out in public and you see there's plenty of people using phones that are way older than that. Yeah. Just in regular life, outside of the YouTube space, certainly outside of the tech segment, person pop out an iphone 7 no problem it's iphone 13 right now yeah if you if someone made a video and said i'm still using the iphone 4 it's like eight years later i'd watch that that's That's interesting interesting. how'd you make it happen yeah wonder if there'll ever be a time where people uh restore old phones in a similar way to they like they do with collector cars Mm. I'm using a mint condition iPhone 4. Yeah. It's got a new battery. It's got a new screen. It's just. Oh, there's one right there. That's not going to happen, by the way. I'm just, Eight months ago. Oh, iPhone oh. 4. In 2021. <laughs> yeah. Still worth it. Oh, simple alpaca. I feel like I've been on that channel before. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. But that's, that's a nice, that's a heck of a name. That's a standout name. Mm. Shout out simple alpaca. An iPhone. Oh, this is what they do. iPhone 6s. Yeah. In 2021, still. This is what they do. You see, you can't come up with it. Somebody did it. <laughs> but there's no business interest in that, and that's that's the key, right? Is like it, you're not selling an iPhone 4. Is it the key? It's the key to it's 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 the uh, the driving force to making that content. Right. I think because you right. you're not trying to sell the four to anyone. Yeah. Sure. Versus where the 13 you sure. did it now, like you're it's, you want people to buy the 13. No, no, no. I, yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I, I think it's possible that simple alpaca is fine with the idea that this won't be yeah. the biggest business hit that's out there. And there, sure. there is YouTube content that does still exist, which appears to be motivated by alternative means. Yeah, 100%. The, it's not the majority, yeah. obviously. It's once upon a time when, when I started on YouTube, the idea of monetizing at all was fresh. Like, oh, you're going to make money off of it. It was exclusive, wasn't it? What do you mean? Where you, you had to be invited to the... Yeah, partner program. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, man. I remember yeah. those days. I was like, I'm a partner now. Yeah. Look, I'm, a, I'm a real boy now. People were showing off their uh, checks from Google. And... I'm a real boy now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually won't forget that story. I was at somebody's wedding, my cousin's wedding in Mexico, and then I got an email that I was invited to the partner program. And... I was, I, it was like kind of like one of those moments of told you so moments because a lot, a lot of people called me crazy 10 years ago or whenever mm-hmm. it was. You're posting videos on the internet. But I, I even, even when did you start? I want to say like six years ago, maybe. Whatever it was. I mean, there's probably, 
never a shortage of people willing to call you crazy. Yeah. Or, 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 I mean, but it's so much work. That's the thing. It's so much work. Yeah. It's how many hours of your life have gone into this YouTube channel? Too many. I think, I mean, I don't have days off. More than 10,000 hours? Um, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I mean, you know, you, what's the best part? What's the worst part of it? The best part is is being my own boss, and the worst part is being my own boss. Hundred percent. It's I like going back. I, I graduated straight out of university. I got a job in digital marketing, which was completely not my field at all. I quit six months later, and then I did YouTube. Mm. So what I lack is discipline and work ethic. Because I didn't build it up over time. I had a full-time job for six months. Before that, I had like an intern at, I entered at IBM, which is great. But it was, the one thing that that taught me was I don't want to work at a corporate company. And then I worked at a startup for digital marketing. And then I realized I don't want to work there either. And then I did my own thing. And um, so I, I never had that like drive to wake up at nine to five or um I never had the work ethic of, you know, being in a team, being responsible for deadlines and all that. And for a long time, even doing YouTube, I didn't have all that. Like, I, I didn't have sponsors for two, three years going into it. So I was, I was, it was all based on interest, like things that just I wanted to do. Um, but now that I do have sponsors and I do have deadlines, with the lack of not having discipline from before, um, I don't want to say I'm missing deadlines, but it's like it's, it's really hard on me time-wise to, like, figure out okay, this is what I need to do and um, this is what I need to prioritize. Um, I need to get up at a proper time to like get it done. You're talking about work right now. Yeah. You're talking about a, a grown working man. That's what you're saying yeah. here. And I think, I, yeah, I, I think I lack that. I lack that. Like I haven't, um, I guess, put in the hours mm -hmm. um, elsewhere to be able to say like, like and again, like don't I, you think I, you can develop it though? I think so, but I don't think like I've built this channel, which is great, but I don't think I'm like an entrepreneur or business person in any sense, mm -hmm. even though I've built a business. Mm -hmm. um, Would you prefer if you had somebody like if let's say your next hire or your first hire? Would you prefer that person to be on the creative side, a creative partner, uh, editor? something any anywhere in that realm or would you prefer that person to be on the business side and sort of handling some of this correspondence and then scheduling things out for you i think creative hmm i know because i, I spend most of my time doing the creative work which is where i lack that work work ethic business wise oh. it's just responding to emails and stuff which oh, is fine oh okay but where i lack is is the is the work ethic to put in the time to start filming to start editing um even start filming. So would there be a day where you wouldn't film at all? Yeah, too many. And, oh. and I've just lost that time now. And it's like, okay, well, well I should have filmed. What would happen in those days? Um, my backup work, like if I'm not doing anything and I feel like I haven't done anything during the day, I would spend a lot of time curating. Because it's something that I don't need to set up or anything. I open Amazon. I open... I see the problem now. I, I have discovered the issue. I don't want to put in the work. Well, but also you have this alternative work, and which that, is yes. not as worky. Yeah. It's not the same, to the same extent. Kirk will bring in the coffee. 
unbelievable, man. Shout out to Kirk. Thumbs up all the way down. The coldest water on earth, by the way. Another cold water. It's incredible stuff. Um, no, I, you know, I hear that. I really hear that. Work that's not work. We yeah. all know it. Yeah. It's we like busy all, work. We I think it's called. all know it. This yeah. guy knows it. That guy knows it. What's work? Exactly. Work. That's not work. We tell ourselves it's work. It's sort of work. Mm -hmm. It could pay off, but it's low yield work, not high yield. Your best use of time is elsewhere, yeah. but you're procrastinating. And mm -hmm. instead you're doing the low yield work because it has lower expectations. And eh, maybe something happens, maybe something doesn't. Yeah. I, but it's, it's still useful work, but it's not work that I need to be doing at that very moment. Man, I hear that. Yeah. That's because so. you dread doing the thing that you should be doing. Yeah. And we all do. But why? Why do we dread the thing we should be doing? Because ultimately, had you done the thing you should be doing, you would have felt better after. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and it, once you start doing it, you're fine. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm filming it. And then... So, part, so a big part of it is getting it kick-started. Getting it started. Yeah. That's where somebody else could help. They just show up at your studio and they're like, oh, what are we doing? And then, and then I feel responsible <laughs> to do something. Yeah. And that's why I say the creative side where it's like, okay. and it's also like spitting off ideas with someone else. Talking to another human. I mean, yeah. And I think that's a big thing on YouTube as well. Like when you, you're doing it alone for so long. Mm. I've been doing it alone literally for six years. So, and it's like, at what point do I need to start like, you know, um, are you talking to humans? I, yeah, I, 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 I've reached out to other creators and um, for that exact reason to understand, okay, what, what issues are you going through and like, how are you dealing with it so that you know, maybe I can try and solve my own through what you've done. Could there be a day where you don't talk to a human? There have been yeah. several. Yeah, and that's tough. That's, that that yeah. is tough. Uh, it's not talked about a lot, uh, at least in the past few years it has been where it's like, yeah, I, I literally don't say a word out of my mouth the whole day. Yeah. There, there've been days like that. And it's like, it's tough. I mean, like at the moment it's, it's whatever, like you don't think about it. But later on it's like, wow, I didn't, you know, I haven't interacted with anyone. I didn't say anything. And it's, it's it can get to you, I guess. And it oh. takes a certain person to like, you know, deal with it, I guess. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, I feel, I feel that one. I think you're speaking to many people, right? Yeah. You know, whoever watches this has to obviously, whoever made it this far in this video, there's a high likelihood that they had a similar experience, right? Because they're watching a video about videos, making videos on a platform yeah. about the platform. You know what I'm saying here? It's levels to it. Yeah. And so if somebody's here right now, they probably can feel what you're saying. I know I can feel what you're saying because vast majority of us started out alone, spent way too much time alone, Spend way too much time looking at our own faces, editing our. Well, you you took your face out of it. That's a smart move. Like get get that face out of our own voices and things like this. And there might be some kind of threshold to that. There might be some kind of max level of that where it's you. You're just done with it. You're just yeah. it's you're over it. You like you were. There is something about communication, being around humans. Humans have been around humans for a long time. Yeah. Uh, interacting and so forth. This is some kind of, well, it just seems like the, a healthier way to be. You, yeah. just, I, you just come in, you see Willie do. Can you imagine? 
You go in, you see Stressful. him over there. No, not, me? not at all, Will. <laughs> not at all. You, like, know, oh. you know how many people would like to come in somewhere and they just see Willie do sitting there? <laughs> uh, it's a treat. Not many. Exactly. No, no. Yes. And, and, and you just say, Will, when I come in, sometimes I come over here. What do we talk about? What even goes on? What do we say to each other? It, it, um, it's just it's just a couple of words exchanged this way and that way. Yeah, sure. It's just hey, what are you up to? What are you doing? Or you got the new pants the other day. Mm-hmm. Remember? Yeah, that promotes a conversation. For if, sure. if you show up around here, you got a new pant on that you don't wear normally because there's a lot of consistency around here, as far mm-hmm. as that's concerned. Yeah. Then we say oh. routine. We say, oh, you decided to upgrade your pant. Like, let's hear about it. How are you yeah. feeling? Are you anyway? It's dumb stuff. It doesn't matter in the scheme of things, but what it does is it kind of uh, just softens. It softens it up. It makes it less surgical mm-hmm. because the surgicalness of the YouTuber lifestyle of, of the uh, the this this like blunt contrast of working or not working this can be uh kind of defeating it, it's it's so black and white did you make something today did you push the publish button or did you not you failure you suck yeah it's the matter with you you got this great job everybody else likes your job well where are they you want to know what they're doing? They got the office cubicles they're complaining about, but they're actually hanging out by the water cooler chatting about the guy's new pants. Yeah. And that's something like I'm introverted and I, I like being alone, but you can only be alone for so long until like it just gets to you. You know what's cool about I, I have people in my life who are introverted as, as well. When you have an introverted person who understands their introversion and might have a limitation to the degree of interaction, but loves to be around interaction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You don't even necessarily have to have a tremendous amount of input. This is why people work at the coffee shop. Exactly. Yeah. You can just be over there sitting in a chair, but then like two people are doing something else down there. It's just knowing they're there. Exactly. Yeah. You don't feel crazy. You, you look. Otherwise, just sitting on there, you, you hear a noise. Yeah. It's paranoia. What, what's, is that me? What did I? When? Yeah. Do, when do I? This. Uh, what do you think about this conversation? I think it's it, it needs to be done more. <gasps> yeah. I I th- and I've I've thought this for a very long time. Like Toronto had the YouTube space. For a while, and then they closed it down. Did they? I didn't even know that. Yeah, they closed it down. I only went when they first opened it. Last year. Right. Okay. Yeah. Just closed it down. It was over at Ryerson, right? Uh, George, George oh, Brown. Oh, George Brown. George yeah, Brown. Yeah. My bad, my bad. Um, the George Brown building. And um, they closed it down. And it was just like, there's no there's no space for just people of similar, you know, backgrounds to just come and chat about these problems that I think... Some of it are is unique to us, and just some of it is general to everyone else. Is and there's no there's no place to do that anymore. And you know, um, I think I think I think it's not even necessarily just YouTube. I'm mean, obviously we can put it on them because this is the the platform that we're posting to. But it's social media, and and then it's also internet life. Yeah, 
just the the struggle of uh, isolation, isolated internet life. Because mm-hmm. there's probably a ton of people. There is a ton of people who are going through a similar experience to you who aren't even posting videos, but all of a sudden their job turned into work from home mm-hmm. and they were waking up in the morning and probably having the exact same feelings as you. Yeah. Oh, I got to go get this thing done, but why do I have to do it now? Maybe I can do it later. Mm-hmm. This sort of, I'm my own boss living on the internet somewhere, doing something, yeah. hitting some button. So it go, it probably goes even deeper. Yeah than that as far as this conversation is concerned we've have we have transitioned to just the ratio of our internet human versus our human human yeah and it's just um yeah lost my train of thought there but yeah no i agree and it, it i've been doing it for so long where it's like when everyone switched to work from home and they started complaining about all these things it's like oh i've been through all this and mm. You know, for the last four years before that, and um, I understand, I know where you're coming from, but the problem with the pandemic was you couldn't solve it. You couldn't solve those problems with work at home because you couldn't go out and have these meetings on the weekends to relieve the fact that you were alone all week. Mm-hmm. You know, I couldn't see my friends for, you know, for a long time. And I think that's where I started to realize, okay, well, maybe that was my outlet. Like I was alone all day, which was fine. But then on the weekends, I got to go out and, you know, have dinner with my friends and stuff. And, mm-hmm. that, and that kind of re-fueled me. Right. But then COVID is like, okay, for the whole year, I couldn't do it. And then at the end of 2020, I just felt like, oh man, I'm really, I don't want to throw the term burnout, but like, I mm-hmm. just felt really like I lacked motivation to like, you know, do more videos and, and, and different videos, try something new. It's kind of thing. And, um, it just really got to me, yeah, like emotionally and mentally, and um, and then it started affecting me physically. So physically, yeah, it was just like you know lack of wanting to you know do anything, right? And so <laughs> I think it's better now this year because mm. you know things have opened up. But um, I, I took the initiative at the beginning of this year was like to reach out to creators and again back to the point where it's like there's no common space for creators to meet up and just do it you have to just do it yourself are there is there anybody you can mention that really sort of helped you out or anybody that deserves a shout out on that front yeah uh justin c in vancouver uh we had a, we had a call and he, he took time to like chat and i he's been in the game for so long as well yeah like, since he's a kid yeah yeah he was so young back then but now he's you know where he is now is giant so he I mean, he's faced the same problems but he's he's got a such a smart mind of like business sense as well mm-hmm. so like he went through the problems way before i even thought it was a problem for me right and then he was able to walk me through like oh what did he do and how did he expand and how did he grow business wise um and yeah he took the time out to, to chat and that was awesome i spoke to carl as well Carl conrad um also Similar, like he's been in it for so long, had the same experiences. And was that in person or also on the phone? Because he's also on the phone. Well. Also on the phone. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was still during like the whole oh, lockdown and stuff. Oh, got you. Yeah, so I wasn't able to see everyone, see anyone in person. But, but yeah, it's like it, it, what you realize when you start to speak to these people, and even if they're larger channels or smaller channels, is they want to talk. They want to talk to you about it. Like you, you yourself reached out, and I, I was. 
I'm grateful to be here. It's awesome. Like I get to talk to someone who's been through the same experiences as well. And, and, and you've built such a, you know, huge empire yourself and like how, um, how you've done it and, and you're freely sharing it. So it's like, um, I think that that's the one thing creators need to understand is like people want to talk to about these problems. Mm-hmm. And um, as long as you're open to it and everyone else is open to it too, and don't be afraid to like just reach out. That's a good, that's absolutely a good uh, suggestion. It is, uh, there's almost a sense, at least for me, there's a sense that there's, that these problems are more widely applicable and, and that's why it's worth it that it, at all, at all places and all times and across channels and projects and everything else, the successes are the same and the struggles are the same. The scale might be different. Yeah. But you become an expert in that weird, in this, in the weirdness of it. Mm -hmm. And so there is a connection that takes place when you, when you are able to facilitate these types of meetings. And, um, and I appreciate you coming here as well because you don't know anything. You don't, you don't know where you're going. Like, I don't know what Will told you. He he just says, he just gives you a time and, and a place. And, and then all of a sudden you're in the middle of this place. And a lot of people came, people been through here. And uh, yeah, I think it's, it's worth appreciating the willingness to do that as well. Because that could be intimidating too. Mm-hmm. But I think you knocked this one out of the park. I think this has been uh, super... Uh, cool to have you here. I don't think it should be the last time. And I'm excited to see where things go. I think you should totally uh, expand on some of that thinking around the get another person involved, somebody cool and for sure. I don't know, man. I think I think it's I think it's going to be good, man. I hope so. I think it's going to be I good. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs>